Welcome to the ICFM Leadership Podcast, where we focus on empowering, equipping, and leading. We pray this message will bless and inspire you. Hello, everyone. I'm Pastor Zane Bossom of Spirit of Life Church here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I'm honored to do this month's ICFM podcast with you. I've been a part of ICFM since 2011, and the ministries and relationships within ICFM have been dear to my life and my ministry. I want to thank each of you for being a part of that. I believe this word today will bless you and help you to better lead in every area of your life, your family, your church, your business, and any other endeavors. This message is titled, Lead with Ropes of Love. So let's go to the book of Hosea. In the book of Hosea, I believe this is one of the most awesome passages in the Bible about God's love. And it's Hosea chapter 11, verses 1 to 11. Now, we're not going to go through every single verse. We're going to hang out mainly in verses 3 and 4. And at the beginning of this passage, it actually describes God's love as the relationship between a father and a son. So not a husband and wife love, but actually a father and son love. And so in Hosea chapter 11, verses 3 to 4, and this is New American Standard Bible, it says, Yet it is I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I pulled them along with cords of a man with ropes of love. And I became to them as one who lifts the yoke from their jaws, and I bent down and fed them. I believe this passage gives us a strong picture of how God leads us. I believe this passage can show how we are to be led by God, but also and what I'm going to emphasize more today, how we can lead others. So in the Amplified Version, it actually talks about, in that verse 3, about how God took Ephraim by the arms. Actually, in the Amplified, it says that he took his hands, he says, by their arms or taking them up in my arms. And an analogy that I was thinking about concerning this involves my son. So there's an analogy, an actual thing that happened. When my son was young, we would go to the park to use the swings. And when he was about two, uh, maybe a little bit younger, he wasn't quite big enough to climb up on his own. So I would pick him up by putting my hands under his arms. And then I would sit him up in the swing. Now, it would allow him to learn to swing until he was able to do it on his own. So as the leader of your church, ministry, family, or any particular group, you're called the lead. One of the things that God, just like he shows us, that's the thing about this passage. This is God giving us his example of what we can do for others, how we can love others. That God literally takes his arms and wraps us up in his arm and holds us up. And so whenever we, we go to hold someone up in our church, we need to lift them up in love. And so if you're taking notes, there's four points that are going to come from this passage. Number one, lift up your people in love. There will be times when we have sought God, us as pastors, us as ministers, an evangelist, apostle, minister, however God's called you to preach, whatever God's called you to do, he needs you to do it in love. But there'll be times when you sought God and he needs you to lead the congregation. He needs you to lead you this group. It may be a new series that you've been teaching um, as an evangelist. It may be a new area that you're in where the gospel or the word of faith message maybe hasn't been presented. And so when you go into those areas, when you go into that message, take the people under your arms firmly 
but gently. Let them know you stand for something. Let them know that your church stands for something, but it has to be presented in love. Everything you do in the community needs to be out of love, not because of how awful someone is or how awful a group of people are. Um, It has to be because of how much you love them. And people will know that. They will see that in your actions. They'll see that in how you you talk. They'll see then how you act around them. And so you always want to do it in a way where, where they know that your goal is to lift them up, not to tear them down. In this same passage, again, in verse 3, it talks about how healing takes place. So again, in that passage of verse 3, it said, I took them in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. You know, one of the reasons for lifting people up is because you want them to be delivered from something or healed from something. And so, again, if you're taking notes, number two, it brings healing. Lifting someone up will bring healing to them. I believe your words and your actions can be healing to your church, your community, your family, or whoever you are leading. And so you have to have that mindset that, why am I even sharing this message? I want to see them be delivered, healed, loved. I want to see them changed, transformed. And so when you do that in a way that lifts them up, then it's going to bring healing, not just physical healing, but it can bring an emotional healing. It could bring an acceptance healing where they didn't even know that they were accepted. And that's the power of an awesome church is I believe when you have a body of believers that are sharing the gospel, but then when people come into there, wherever they're at, so if they come into your church, they should be loved on. If your church goes out to a community event, they should be loved on. Amen? They should, we want people to think that they're, we're, we're loving them too much, not not enough. And so we do that by lifting them up. We do that by letting them know that, hey, healing comes from you receiving God's love. Healing comes from, be, from letting the love of God lift them up. Praise God. Let's go to verse four. Verse four. In verse four, God talks about pulling the people along. So he says, I pulled them along with cords of a man with ropes of love. That's the thing about leading people. Leading people, and this is number three, pull them in love. Leading people means you're going to actually pull them along. You're pulling them in a direction. You're pulling them towards something. If you're teaching or believe that you're called to be sharing about healing, then you're going to be pulling people in a direction towards healing in their bodies, toward the healing in their minds, toward healing whatever area they need it in. And so as you're doing that, as you're pulling them along, always pull them along in love. Don't yank them along. Don't jerk them around. But do it in love. That word, and and we'll actually get to that because it says that they are pulled. They are pulled along with cords of a man with ropes of love. Again, that's the title of this message. Lead with ropes of love. That word love is actually in the Hebrew. That word love means of aha, or actually that's how you pronounce it, ahava, God's love to his people. That's what that means, God's love to his people. And if God has a love for his people, we need to have a love for his people. So when we are, are pulling someone along in a direction, again, maybe it's a message, maybe, and that's the thing. There's things that we teach of healing, divine healing. Not everybody believes in divine healing. But I can't just immediately yank them along and say, you got to receive this because God loves you. And if you don't receive this, you may die of the illness. 
instead of yanking them or jerking them, do it in love. Tell them that God loves them so much that he doesn't want them to continually be sick. God loves them so much that he wants them to be delivered from this. And then you share how much you love them. And again, not giving in and saying, well, maybe God doesn't want you to be healed. You don't have to say that. You can tell them the scriptures where it says, by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. And so you, you lead them, you pull them along. You continue to, to throw things out there to help guide them, throw scripture out there, continue to throw testimonies out there, um, give them examples of people you know personally that have been healed or they've been delivered. And that's how we pull them in love. Also in this passage, it says the word yoke, that there's a yoke over the jaws or mouth. And, and looking in that verse four, if you know that there's something that is covering someone's mouth, then that actually will prevent food from going into it. And so that's why when you're looking at that verse four, it says, and I became to them as one who lifts the yoke from their jaws and I bent down and fed them. So when someone has been pulled along, when someone has been jerked around, when someone has been neglected, abused instead of loved on, and you may say as a pastor that, oh, that's, that's what we do in our church. Or that's what I've always done as a minister. I've, I've always walked in love. I've always spoken in love. But there are times where we may get frustrated as ministers. We may think that, well, why aren't these people getting it? Or why, isn't, why aren't more people getting changed, transformed? What, whatever, whatever you think is, is holding somebody or an area or something up, if you let frustration get in there, then that's that's what will that's what will be the opposite of these things. Instead of lifting people up in love, you'll actually be tearing them down. Instead of pulling them uh, in love, you'll be jerking them and and trying to force them into stuff. You have to remember everything that we teach and preach comes by faith, and so they have to receive it by faith. They can't. They we can't force it into them. We can't make them do it. They have to receive it by faith. And so that's why we have to continually be gentle. We have to continually um, be persistent in letting them know that, hey, this is what's best for you. And when that happens, then they will be able to receive that nourishment from the Word of God. They will be able to receive that Word. And then that's when it'll, it'll, it'll change them. And we'll, we have people that come into our churches, come into our ministries, that may not have heard of God's love. They may not have heard of how much God actually wants them to have a good life. And, and they may have actually heard the opposite, where God thinks they're such an awful person, that that's why they need God. And, and yes, sin is awful, but God doesn't think they're awful. God loves them. God loves each of us. And that's the gospel that we get to preach. We get to preach the love of God is what changes people, transforms people, praise God. Let's go to number four of this same passage. As pastors and ministers, we want our people to be fed. So again, you want your flock not to be neglected or malnourished. You want them to be fed. And how we do that is you lift your people up in love so they can receive healing. And you pull them with ropes of love so they can be properly fed. I'm going to say those two statements again. Lift your people up in love so they can receive healing. Again, that's a physical healing. That can be an emotional healing. That can be a, a healing from being in bondage for years to whatever Satan's trying to keep them in bondage to. And then the second part there is pull them with ropes of love. 
Don't jerk them around. Don't knock them around. No, pull them gently. Pull them in love so they can be properly fed. Next phrase I want to give you guys, that phrase, ropes of love, another example I want to show you where that comes from, comes from a passage in 1 Kings chapter 12, 1 to 15. Now, the term ropes of love isn't in this passage, but I believe the example of it is big time. In this passage is King Rehoboam had the opportunity to lead with ropes of love, but instead he chose chains of bondage. And so in 1 Kings chapter 12, let's look at verse 3. It says, Jeroboam and all the assembly of Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam, saying, Your father made our yoke hard, but now lighten the hard labor imposed by your father and his heavy yoke, which he put on us, and we will serve you. Then he said to them, Depart for three days, then return to me. So the people departed. And King Rehoboam consulted with the elders who had served his father Solomon while he was still alive, saying, How do you advise me to answer this people? Then they spoke to him saying, here it is, everybody. If you will be a servant to this people today and will serve them and grant them their request and speak pleasant words to them, then they will be your servants always. So there's three items in that verse that I just said in verse seven, that there are three things there that Jeroboam was telling Rehoboam, if you will do these things, We will serve you always. And here's the interesting thing. King Rehoboam had the opportunity to not only set this up for him and his reign, but also in all the kings after him. I believe that if he would have set his king in his his reign of the kingdom in this way, that it would have been the way to do it after that. Instead, he went off of one person's reign, his, his father, who, yes, was very wise, but also made some not good choices. And all Jeroboam said, just three things he asked of him, and, and this is what I want you guys to hear today. Number one, be a servant to this people today. So when it comes to leading with ropes of love, you need to know you need to do it as a servant. Everything you do as a minister should be to serve the people You're a minister for two reasons, I believe. Every minister, this is what it boils down to. Number one, you're called by God. And number two, you love the people. If either one of those are off, you're either in the wrong profession or you need to get delivered from yourself because every minister is called and anointed and every person is is told to love people. That's what we get to do. We don't have to do it. We get to do it. And so we do that by helping them, by loving them, by caring for them. And when you do those things, it is one of the most rewarding and fulfilling things you could ever do as a minister of the gospel. When you get to see people's lives changed, when you get to see their family direction completely do a 180 and go from where it looks like it's death and destruction all the time to life and love and peace. Those are the neat things. And it's from serving people, from having a heart of service, from having a heart of love for people. Not for getting them to do what you need them to do, but offering yourself as, what can I do for you guys today? And again, we know that, and this this is part of this, I know that every person that's in our congregation or a part of our ministries, that they are called to serve in some capacity, either in the church or in the ministry. And when they're doing that, the way we care for them, approach them, show our love for them, that's what this is about. Like, let them know that, yes, I know you're serving the ministry and the church and me, but I'm also here to serve you. I'm here to care for you. I'm here to 
to do what I can to see your life have the full potential that God has for it. So that's number one. Be a servant. Number two, serve them and grant their requests. Now, I'm not saying that whatever a person asks in your church or in your ministry, that you automatically do it. But here's the thing. God, in John 16, verse 24, and actually this is Jesus, Jesus says, until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be complete. So we can help people get their request. The things that they're believing God in their lives, we're here to help them. We're here to show them where it's at in the Word or help them to, to look up look it up for them themselves. Um, all those things, we can guide people, lead people, help them to get their request. And again, I'm not saying you do everything for everybody, but but we are called to lead. We're called to do those things to help them. And the neat thing about it is that's God's desire. God's desire is that their joy may be full. God's desire is that they can have the desires of their heart. And so we show them where that's in the word. We show them, um, and and we we show it for ourselves as well. But when we're serving them and helping them to get what God's called them to do, that's where the fulfillment comes in. That's where we're, I believe, we're truly being led by the ropes of love. And then the third part, and this may be one of the biggest ones, because I feel like this is the one where we can step up our, step on our toes, step on other people's toes, is speak pleasant words to them. Before my mother-in-law, uh, Mary Williams, who was uh, in the charter class of Rama, before she went home to be with the Lord, she attended our church uh, regularly every Sunday. And after one Sunday message, we went home. She was living with us at the time. She looked at me and she said, that was rough. She said, I feel beat up. Um, it was a message that, that wasn't my intent to, I guess, tear everybody down, but apparently that's what came across. And it just made me realize that whenever I preach, whenever we preach as ministers uh, the gospel or share the gospel with someone, we need to do it in a way that doesn't just tear them down. But we need to remember that the Bible is a redemptive book. It always brings us up from the ashes. It always brings us up out of sin. It always brings us up from disappointments. Don't let people leave beat up. And even this past Sunday, praise God, I've learned. I had someone come forward and he goes, I'm so glad to come to this church. He says, whenever I turn, whenever I listen, he said, I feel like there's a, like I'm turning, turning like the blink on a light that goes up. He said, I feel like my lights just get lit up when I come here. He said, some places I've gone, I feel like I'm getting torn down. But he said, every time I come here, I feel like my, the lights are getting lit up. And that's because I've learned to speak life. I've learned to speak love. I've learned to speak peace and speak joy. And as you continue to do that, then you're going to be putting pleasant words into the people encourage the people that come to your church that are part of your ministry. Again, whether it's a congregation you have weekly or whether it is you ministering the gospel as an evangelist or however the Lord has a prophet, however the Lord has you going about, just know that your words are powerful. We know that, but also know that there needs to be words of love, words of life. And so I want to finish up this passage. In verse 11 of this message, Rehoboam, instead of choosing ropes of love, he literally chose chains of bondage for his people. In the message version of uh, verse 11, it says, The young Turks he'd grown up with said, These people who complain, your father was too hard on us, lighten up. Well, tell them this. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. 
If you think life under my father was hard, you haven't seen the half of it. My father thrashed you with whips. I'll beat you bloody with chains. Forcing people to follow you is not faith. Guilting people to follow you is not love. And what happened with Rehoboam is they ended up not following him at all. So always make sure you're watching your actions, you're watching your words. And I want to finish with this. To lead with ropes of love, you need to always be improving your love walk. We've been taught for Brother E. Hagen and so many others in the past. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 in the Amplified is something that you can be confessing and you can be declaring that that's how you are to love. That's what love is. You can pray this, you can pray that over yourself to you love for your spouse, love for your children, love for your church, love for your enemies. Another thing you can do is remind yourself how much God loves you by reading and confessing Romans 8, 35 to 39. I've said this multiple times from the pulpit. I believe the most powerful force in the world is the love of God for you. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. I believe there's no other force that's as powerful as that. And let me finish with this. Remember Galatians 2.4? It says it's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. When we're leading our people, when we're leading anybody that God has put us in charge of, or God has asked us to lead them, always do it knowing that it's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. So if you truly want to see change and truly help somebody, be good to them. Show them how good God is to them. Show them that the love of God is what's going to change them. And your love, your example of love to them can be what helps change them as well. Praise God. Amen. If you really want to see someone change and be transformed, show, express, and lead them by the love of God and the ropes of love today. Let me pray for each and every one of you today. Father, I thank you so much for this podcast. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to get the word out about being led by the ropes of love. Father, I pray that every minister that hears this, Lord, that they will be leading whatever group of people you've called them to lead with ropes of love, that we will be doing it in a way, Father, that lifts them up so there can be healing. We'll be doing it, Father, in a way, Lord, that leads them to know the true love of God and that they're able to see, Father, change in themselves, change in the people, change in their communities, and everywhere this word is preached. We thank you for it, Lord. You are faithful. Father, we thank you for all these th- things today. I thank you for my brothers and sisters of ICFM. Love you guys so much. I hope this blessed you today. Thank you for listening. I look forward to seeing you and hearing from you guys soon. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. ICFM is an international fellowship of faith churches and ministries. If you would like more information on our fellowship and what it has to offer, then please visit us online at icfm.org. You can also take advantage of our resources on our ICFM app available on App Store, Google Play, Amazon, and Roku. We pray God's blessings over you as you continue to lead forward.